What's happening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rapping with Reef Bum. I'm your host, Keith Berkelhammer. So, I don't know who I got on the other end there, but uh, it looks like it's Mark Levinson. Welcome back there, Mark. I appreciate you joining me in the live stream on Halloween. You look like Mr. Squidly. Happy Halloween. Yeah, I, I got nothing, man. I got nothing. No outfit for me, but you, like, last second, just pulled it right out of the back pocket. I had to be prepared. Uh, that is probably the most elaborate uh, get-up any one of my guests have ever had on this uh, live stream, for sure. But um, I take it seriously. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> so, let um, me a little little background on Mark. If those uh, folks out there that don't know Mark, he's been in the hobby since 1997, blogging about his experiences, about his own reef on his website, melosreef.com. To help others learn husbandry skills, Mark has a big following on YouTube. What are you up to now, Mark? Like 65,000 or something on YouTube? It's a little higher than higher that, now? but really close to that. Close to that. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, 67, 68, nice, somewhere in there. Nice, nice. Um, he's got a very popular live stream as well, typically on Saturdays, I think. Right, Mark? Mm -hmm. on, on Saturdays. Yep. yep. 2.08 every Saturday. 2.08. So you're eight minutes late on that one all the time? Is that what? Because I'm never available <laughs> at 2, but I'm always there at 2.08 or later. <laughs> <laughs> well, people were, uh, you know, uh, guessing that we would be late because uh, you're, you're typically late, but um, you made it in the nick of time. So uh, we're, we're psyched about that. Um, Mark also has a big presence on Instagram. He's a nationally recognized speaker and is currently the president of the Dallas-Fort Worth Marine Aquarium Society, DFWMAS. But before we mm -hmm. start chatting with Mark, I want to thank the sponsors of this live stream, both Folk Resupply and Ecotech Marine. Appreciate their support. Also appreciate all you folks out there tuning in on this Halloween um, Eve and um, please spread the word hit that like button if you haven't done so already so more people can find the live stream as always encourage comments and questions in the chat we got a bunch of people already in the uh, the stream tonight Mark and uh, how's it going man how how, uh, how you been I feel like I should go to your stream now so you get one more like <laughs> Yeah, all right. We we had almost like forty. You got forty five people watching right now. We only got thirteen likes, so we gotta we gotta get that up. We gotta get uh, the likes. Let me go. Gotta get the likes up there. Somewhere. Reef bomb. Yeah. Go. I want to see what it looks like on your side. Yeah. Well, you, you, right now I see them. It's live, and there's a squid yeah, in the screen, and, and there's commercials. And it's <laughs> this this other guy in yeah, the in the window, but I, I keep it on, we'll man. Keep it on. Uh, <laughs> The 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 Anseus, uh, reef quite the uh, how how do the the Anseus reef how do I pronounce that D I A C A N thus reef quite the haircut you got diacanthus diacanthus quite the haircut you got yeah. Mark yeah there you go <laughs> uh, ferocity yeah smoosh the like now for sure so what's uh, what's been up man what uh, it's been a while since you've been on the stream. I think the last time I saw you was at um, Macna in Milwaukee, yes. right? How's yeah. it been going? Yeah. Well, you know, life continues. There's always something going on. I actually got this at Reefapalooza, Dallas. And uh, I went by a booth that was called Octonation. And I was like, yeah, I need some octopus stuff in my life. <laughs> I got this. And I also picked up a, 
a squid. You can hear Jack in the background. If I have to close the door, just yeah, tell no me. Words. I got a squid, and the squid actually has a anatomically correct beak on the inside, <laughs> which I thought was kind of cool. I was like, okay, that's really neat. Yeah. So I had to buy this from, and of course, Jack was thinking it was for her. I was like, no, no, it's still got the tag. It's still mine. It's not a chew toy. So, no. <laughs> I actually buy a lot of these kind of toys just for myself. I just like them in the background or just to have. And it drives her crazy because she's like, well, what about me? I'm just like. Getting a little jealous. You get your own stuff. Well, I give her stuff too, but she destroys it. I, my toys last forever. So. Yeah, no, I could uh, relate. We have a golden retriever uh, named Wilson. And um, he mm -hmm. um, he goes through stuff pretty uh, pretty quickly. The Usually the stuffing out of his uh, stuffed animals gets um, removed pretty quickly. Yes. So it, it can be uh, quite pricey to uh, replenish all those uh, those toys. I know. You know. It's not cheap. I have to actually say, be nice. <laughs> that way she'll quit destroying it, and uh, but she'll work on it later. And so, you know, there, everything is sentimental for me. You know, whatever I have in my house, there's a reason it was purchased. And so even if she destroys it, I don't quite throw it away. It kind of like, I remember when you got this. And so, you know, eventually I do some decluttering, but I am a bit of a pack rat here. I hear you, man. Um Grapebeard Reef, Diacanthus, yes, and Diacanthus Reef says, you got it. The other option was Regal Reef, but that was a little much for my taste. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, man, We um, speaking of conferences, back on September 9th of this year, you did a virtual event called Markna. That was an online version of MACNA, which stands for the Marine yeah. Aquarium Conference of North America. Obviously, uh, Markna is a play on that, right? Yeah. And um, so the in-person MACNA this year was canceled, was supposed to be in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, man, how, explain what happened in terms of why, why you uh, wanted to do MACNA. Well, I hate that there wasn't going to be a MACNA, period. That just irritated me because I've been to every single one since 2002. And so even when there was virtual ones during COVID, when they had, you know, Aquarium Expo, I just kept, I went anytime there was an opportunity to go. And when this one was canceled, I was kind of bummed out. And then uh, one of my friends, who's actually a, an audience member, was chiming in saying, you should do Markna. And I thought, oh, that's funny. Ha -ha. <laughs> and I just kind of was like, you know, that was cute. You know? And then, you know, he brought it up again. And they even said it stands for Mark's Aquarium and Reef Conference North America. And I was like, huh, it actually spells something. That's funny, too. I kind of like it. So I contacted Mazna and I said, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, something. I want to know, first of all, are you guys going to do a virtual show this year? And they said, absolutely not. Mm. And I said, well, if you're not going to do one, I'm thinking about doing one. And they said, okay. And I said, I'm going to call it Markna. And they <laughs> laughed. And uh, then my buddy made me this logo and it was amazing. And there, I knew there was no way they'd approve it. And I sent it to them and they said, no way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is way too close to the real logo. Oh. I was like, yeah, I kind of figured you'd say that. So I told my buddy, can you make me something completely different? So he made a caricature of me and he put my little Japanese pygmy angel fish in the logo because I have one. And uh, we just started proceeding and I had 85 days to pull the show together. Wow. And um, I contacted some companies to get some sponsors to have some cash so I could pay for things. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I had to round up 24 speakers and I wanted to have me as an extra in case it was a failure point at some yeah. point so I could fill in. I didn't want to be a speaker, but um what I didn't plan for was that the power would go out <laughs> for most of the conference. That was crazy. We had a huge storm hit the night before and knocked out power to half of my town. Ooh. And it 
it ripped down trees everywhere. My truck got destroyed in the driveway. And I uh, was just and my, you know, the people that came over to help me to organize the raffle part to, uh, you know, get the stuff on the website, uh, as well as I had Ian here who was helping me with getting the software ready for the next day and trying to get the the slides prepared with people's names and all yeah. those things you need for a yeah. show. We were working on that, but now we had no power. Eesh. So I hooked up the generator and we ran extension cords to the reef, of course, get that operational first. That's first. That's got to be the priority. And, and then they said, could you run a cord to the building outside where we're working on the raffle stuff to my studio? I said, yeah, I can do that. And they're like, okay. And so everyone worked until four in the morning. Holy smokes. And the show started at 9 a.m. And, you know, I wanted to have a full night's rest before a 24-hour marathon. That didn't happen, huh? And I I got two hours, maybe two and a half. <laughs> I had to uh, pick up Ian at his hotel, and it was uh, 7.30 in the morning, I think. And he said, so what's the plan? I said, well, we're going to go to Home Depot, first of all. We're going to buy the most expensive uh, extension cord they sell, <laughs> something that's like this big around. So we could run it all the way into this room to do the production. And we're going to run off the generator. And he said, so we're doing it. I said, we're going to proceed as if the power is going to come on any minute. Wow. And that's what we hoped. And, of course, it never came on. So you did that <laughs> all on a generator? Yeah. Whoa. The, we had no electricity. We just had the generator. We had no air conditioning. It that day fortunately wasn't 109 outside. It was only 98. <laughs> oh, but geez, this room man. was 95. Oh man! And my reef was uh, what was it? I think my reef got up to 80 degrees. I didn't know because the problem was I had power to the fish room, and everything was operational. But there was not power to a switch box that goes to the router to let the apex communicate yeah. with me and tell me what's going on. Yeah. So I didn't know the temperature of the tank, but I later found out that the room temperature the reef was in was 88 degrees. So mm. it was very warm. And in that part of the house, this room was even hotter than that room because I was sweating nonstop. Oh, I bet. When man. people weren't looking, I grabbed a huge towel and just drying <laughs> off my face and I throw it down. <laughs> and uh, we went for 13 hours on generator and then the power came on and we disconnected. We went ahead and... Um, Replugged everything where it belonged and got the next speaker lined up and got it started. And then around three in the morning, the house finally felt like it was about 74 degrees. Uh -huh. Wow. And uh, finally finished at 9 a.m. Well, at 9.20 a.m. we were done with the show. Wow. I, I didn't even realize that uh, was so this this was a uh, that was a monumental uh, task in terms of trying to like that's talk. Talk about like, yeah. um, you know, get throwing a curveball. That's a that's a major yeah. curveball and and um, that's a uh, congrats man and pulling that off that could not have been easy given all the uh... it was unfair <laughs> you know it was unfair it was hard enough getting twenty four speakers and trying to get some sponsors and update the website and let people know and I had some you know some suggestions of how I should do the show and I didn't like them like for example one recommendation was do not end your live stream just have it go continuous and let the audience build right. I said, no, I want every talk to be a separate video. So that yeah. way, when people want to hear a speaker, or like they want to hear a reef bum, they can go to his hour. Yeah. That makes and sense. that was my plan. And But I, I didn't gain an audience. You know, I had some audience. I had some loyals. But I didn't create like 2,000 people on at once or something, yeah. which would have been really cool. Yeah. And so if I were to do it again, I might just say we're doing a marathon, maybe not 24 hours. But we'll just do this thing where we just keep going and people keep joining in and the, the audience builds. Right. That was one thing I wish I had done. Um, Reef with me is asking, with all the bad things that happened, what would you say 
was your favorite part or moment of Mark now? <laughs> when it was over. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, seriously, the uh, the event went really well. Uh, my goal was to have a high-end live stream. I wanted 4K quality for the entire show. Oh. And I just felt like that was really important because my live stream every Saturday is 4K. So why would I make a low-res version? You, uh, you actually for... live stream in 4K? Oh, no kidding. I do it um, 1080p. Yeah. This is 1080p. You know, I didn't... Um, I've never... I can tell. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, the person that was going to do the show with me, um, he originally said, you know, he couldn't wait to work on the show with me. And then he, the week before, he says, so we're doing this in 1080p. I was like, no, we're not. And he said, well, you're asking for trouble. And I was like, how is it any more trouble than every other Saturday I do this? <laughs> I mean, it's just, you just start it and just go. And he says, things go wrong in 4K, especially with a big marathon. And my big concern was, will the computer burn up? You know, yeah. I mean, I just thought, you know, what, what will take, you know, what could take it out? I never thought the power would be out. So we just did the show and it went okay. We were missing one speaker out of the 24, but we were always late every hour. So it all kind of <laughs> worked its yeah. way forward to where we ended at the right yeah. time. And then the best highlight was that we raised $20,000 for the Coral Restoration Foundation. Oh, wow. And that was really yeah, congrats. Yeah, I've got the check. Oh, you got the check. <laughs> I still have the check. Oh, you got the big check there. The big <laughs> with, check. The, with the Markna um, insignia on it, a logo. Yeah, so so what happened was we raised about $10,000. And then uh, Polo Reef, Andrew Sandler, saw what we did, and he loved it. He said, that was amazing what you pulled off. And he said, how much did you raise? And I told him, and he says, we want to double it. Nice. So he contributed another 10, which pushed us to $20,000 donation to the Coral Restoration Foundation in Florida, which was really cool. Yeah. I actually visited uh, Andrew um, a couple of weekends ago, and, and I saw that um, mm -hmm. that whole operation in person. You were there like, all, um, um, what, like a year, year and a half ago or something? I was there in January. In January, yeah. yeah. I uh, It just blew me away, man. I mean, I, you know. I, I did like a quick video in terms of that visit and, and I said like, um, you know what? I wasn't prepared for the visit, but I've talked to like Andrew, you know, a few times I've had him on yeah. as a guest. I've seen a lot of videos done. Yeah. I saw your video done in his system and all that stuff. No, it just does not. I still haven't released my video. Haven't Mine's still on my camera. No, I, I filmed a huge interview that I still have to build. Oh, you, you, did, the, uh, you did the, um, the, the tour of the Long Island um, uh, Aquarium. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've got another one of those to release. I mean, I have a phone full of video <laughs> and it's just a matter of me having time. And I mean, seriously, I probably have five, six videos right now that I would love to get published to YouTube and get them out there for people to enjoy. Wow. Yeah. It takes a lot of time, right, man? I mean, being a content producer is, um, is not an easy task because you're, you're, you're running a business, right? So you're trying to take care right. of business, but obviously YouTube yeah. is a, uh, is a big way to, you know, help recruit customers. So it's a marketing tool mm -hmm. for us. You know, let's, let's just admit yeah. that right up front. Uh, you know, no, it's hundred percent true. And, and yeah. so, um, it's tough because you've got to, um, spend a lot of time shooting videos. You got to spend a whole ton of time editing videos. So it's a, uh, it's a big job. And, um, yeah. you know, you're not making a lot of money off of the ad revenue you're getting off of, you know, from YouTube, <laughs> pennies on a dollar, no. There, right? No, that's not so very much. You know, it's about building relationships with the people out there that are watching. That's what it's kind of like all about. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it sounded like the event was a success despite the extreme uh, challenges that you had yeah. there. And, and um, so th was this a one-time only deal, man? I mean, given that uh, that was the plan. the plan. So now that uh, the plan was once only, just because there was no Macna, 
but next year there's a Macna. So as long as they do Macna, I don't have to do this. Hey, well, maybe you like, I've you had know, a maybe lot like uh, in March or something like that, in, uh, in, in May, like the halfway point, but you know, of the year or something like that, you could do another one of these things. Maybe there's something I could do. I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of requests for a Markna 2.0. And I did talk with Masna about possibly doing something at Macna that is supplemental to their event. So it doesn't take away from theirs, right. but allows me to do something. I don't know. And so I'm playing with that thought. I was talking with Richard Ross of Reef Beef, and he was suggesting some kind of a monthly standalone show of some kind. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some different ideas that are you know floating around. But I have another job, too. So, you know, I've got to do YouTube. I've got to do my business. I, I've got, you know, Coral Magazine I'm editing now. So right. um, that, that is my new hustle. And uh, did you get the latest issue? You are holding last issue. Yes. So the latest one that comes out, you should get in your mailbox any yeah, day. I haven't gotten that one any yet. Um, so the, the one you're about to get, my name is in it because I'm the executive nice. editor. <laughs> Yeah. Congrats a, on that, it's man. It's my first issue. I, I, I hope it's a good issue. I hope people <laughs> like it. I killed myself for that one. <laughs> That's a lot of work, too. I mean, uh, how do you how, you, how are you squeezing all this stuff in, man? I don't know. I'm not sleeping as much. So that's a downside. Mm. Um, but, you know, the magazine comes out every two months. So I feel like it's, you know, if you're going, you know, if you're just keeping up with it, you're not going to hit a, a wall. You're going to be able to meet your deadlines. The problem was because of Markna, I could not spend one minute on Coral. Yeah. And so, and they knew. I mean, basically I started, my month started during Markna. I said, I have to do Markna. And they said, nope, we understand. Oh, yeah. Good. And so then as soon as it was over, I had to recover for days because I was so tired. <laughs> and then I finally felt normal. And then I basically had 30 days to make a magazine that's supposed to take 60. And I worked around the clock. Matt Peterson helped me like crazy. And uh, we got the issue out to the deadline, which was important. It went to print. And someone already sent an email today, got their issue, which was nice. I haven't seen any. And I sell them in my shop, and I haven't seen any for the shop yet. I'm like, where's my magazine <laughs> that I made? You know, I want to see it. I want to see it in print. So uh, are you essentially kind of, um, you know, stepping in in terms of what James Lawrence was doing? In be before? Okay. Yes. So you're, you're, you, you've kind of yeah. taken that role on, which is a big role, yes. man. Oh, I know. Originally, the plan was for me to work under him as his um, ingenue and learn how to apprentice. do it for six months or so, and he would yeah. and he would retire. Yeah, apprentice. And then he would retire, and I would just continue. But um, his sudden death changed that, and then they said, well, would you still be willing? I was like, I never got the training. <laughs> they said, we understand. We'll work with you. And they've been super, super kind and very uh, supportive. And I have been just doing what I can. And, you know, behind what's on my screen now are two more screens of coral that are pending. Yeah, you know, that are just things yeah. I'm working on. Yeah. Um, Walker Reef says, got mine. So that's uh, already got uh, the new issue there. And uh, Reef with me is asking, nice. when will it be available in digital form? Um, I think it comes out seven days after the print copy goes out, you know, to the stores. And by stores, I mean the fish stores. Yeah. So it, it goes out to all those fish stores and they don't want to compete. They want to help the stores make yeah. sales. And then of course it becomes digital and where you can read it on an iPad while you're flying on a plane or something or, you know, and I think maybe reading it on digital might be more vivid too, because you've got the backlit screen. So I bet the pictures look better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's strange because I've gotten so used to consuming content on, on devices these days. And, um, yeah. 
but it is it is also very nice to have the hard copy and i do like to have the hard copy uh coral magazine yeah. so but i i don't get a lot of uh coral magazine subscriptions anymore you know a lot of the uh, subscriptions that i have are no longer even available in print you know they're all yeah. like digital only so yeah, we're one of the last ones to <laughs> stick it, keep going. And you know what? We actually want to keep it going. We, you know, we're glad the advertisers support it. Uh, we're glad the readers like to subscribe, but we want more subscribers for sure. Yeah. We, I mean, that number needs to grow. Yeah. It needs to grow huge because there's a ton of saltwater hobbyists that, and everything in these magazines, I mean, even as I'm picking the content, I'm like, this is so cool. And I, I need them to read it. You know, I can't just find really cool articles and then they never pick it up uh go ahead and plug away man we're um you know we're, what, what's the best way people can uh can get i mean you sell subscriptions on your website right how else can uh, I, actually, I actually sell the magazine, sell the magazine. On my you can Hard literally copy. buy a copy and i'll mail it to you you know that's one way they gave me the subscription and they did give me a code um let me find it for you really fast um they gave me a code that i could uh you know give you guys and it's it's only to track it is not any kind of you know money maker for uh, me. I just want to be clear yeah, about that. Yeah. Um, so the the code I'm looking at my last because I put in my last video and I didn't memorize it. It's right here. Uh, CoralMagazine.com/slash/milev23, as in 2023. So if you just go there, then they'll know that that person su that subscribed came through my channel. Cool. That's all it is. It's just to yeah. know. Cool. And and the uh, the digital subscription comes with the uh, the print subscription. Is that uh, the way it's uh, yeah, packaged? It's, it's included. Yeah. But some if somebody doesn't want to pay for printed, they can buy a cheaper subscription. And it's digital gotcha. only. So there's a couple options. Gotcha. Um, yeah, read for me. I prefer digital hard copies. Are nice, but in pristine condition. Yeah, I hear you. Um, all right, so we, we were talking about Macna and, and the fact that they uh, they canceled yeah. it. it was um, Pittsburgh got canceled. But it's been rescheduled for next August 30th to September 1st, I believe. Mm -hmm. In um, where is this again, Mark? In Orlando, Orlando Florida. So there's a new. There's it's in that fancy Swan Hotel. It's a really nice hotel. I've actually been hotel. in that hotel. It's a nice hotel. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's, you're just like, wow, Magna's here. It's so beautiful. And it's right across from Disney World, yes. too. So people that want to do the family thing. They can break off. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to one person who said, well, I don't know. I don't want my family to be upset, you know, that I'm doing Magna. And I said, all you got to do is go early. And then as soon as Friday rolls around, you say, okay, everyone, go home. I'm going to Magna. <laughs> and you just stay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just get rid of that's, the family. Uh, so what, that's the, that ditch the family and stay for the conference. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to do yeah. it. So, um, all right. There's a new Magna board, right? So there's a whole new mm -hmm. uh, board in there. And uh, MASNA stands for the Marine Aquarium Societies of North America. Do you have any insight in terms of the direction of the new board? Any uh, any scuttlebutt? Uh, I know little bits, but I don't, I don't. I'm not like you know listening in to see what I can learn, <laughs> that kind of thing. It's nothing like that. But I have been in communication with them, and you know they've reached out to me as well. You know we had them on during Mark now to promote the event. Uh, they're promoted in Coral Magazine as well. I mean because it's an educational event, and it's really important that people go. And I can't emphasize that enough. I mean, just like I'm saying people should subscribe to Coral, people should be going to Macna. I mean, just go. And I've always told people, just go. Just trust me and go. You'll have a great time. It's not a frag swap. It's not something you're going to make two laps and you want to be out of the building. Yeah. It literally is a place you want to go and stay, spend the night, and resume. I, I call it Reef Keeping College for the weekend because you can learn so much over two or three days versus – 
going to Reefa Palooza or going to Aquashella where you go for a couple of hours and you might listen to a speaker or get an autograph from someone you like from YouTube and you know you bought yourself a snake or a frog or yeah. a spider or a saltwater coral or you know whatever i mean there's that there's that whole shopping mentality where Macna was never about shopping even though there's 150 vendors it was about talking to the industry leaders about their products and getting answers like how do i make my apex work and they will talk you through it or how can i solve what's going on with this app that communicates with my dosing pump and they're there to talk to you about it and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And to learn what the new products are too in person and touch them. Yeah. That, that Macna that I went to the last one in Milwaukee was like the first one I ever had gone to. And um, yeah, that was a lot of fun, man. It was, that was, wow. yeah, that was the first one. That was your I first. Was to... It was a little one. It wasn't even a full fledged one. It's that's what people were telling me. It's like, wow, the crowd is not yeah. as big as it usually is and all that sort of thing. I was supposed to go to one. And it was missing a lot of vendors. It was it was smaller. Yeah. I mean, normally it's ginormous. Why was that? And Do you know, just, just because the uh, the board was uh, was kind of like winding down in terms of what uh, was going on there, or that sort of thing, or I think it was the post COVID thing. Oh, people yeah, were just yeah. kind of like still nervous yeah. to go yeah. to events where people were. Now people are going everywhere, like whatever, and don't care and get it anyway. So yeah. I'm not really sure why. And that's what I was saying. I I mean, look. When MACNA happened here in my town that I ran in 2012, myself and two other board of directors members, the three of us killed ourselves for three years to make this event. Our club had 800 club members. I was like, we have 800 guaranteed attendees, <laughs> plus whoever flies in, yeah. right? Hardly anyone from our club went, really? and it drove me crazy. And I remember this one couple, it made me so mad. They came up to me on Sunday, and they said, Hey, yeah, we just got here. It's good to see you, Mark. I'm like, oh, okay, hey, guys. And then they said, if we had known this was so big, we would have come on Friday and Saturday. And I was so mad. I just wanted to strangle them. I, <laughs> I literally just turned and walked away because I spent mm. every month telling people, come to Macna, come to Macna. You don't have to fly. You don't have to do a hotel. You don't have to do baggage. You don't have to do anything. You can just show up. You can leave for a meal and come back because you have your own car. It's so much fun. And when people don't seize the opportunity, it drives me crazy. And then you have people like Adnan who comes from uh, Saudi Arabia, and he comes every year. Really? Now, Saudi Arabia? Because I told him to go, and so he goes. And there we were on an escalator. He says, excuse me, are you Mark Levinson? I'm like, yeah. He goes, Milev? I'm like, yeah. He says, I'm here because of you. I was like, what? <laughs> he says, you told me I had to come. And I was like, I am so proud of you. <laughs> you listened. <laughs> he did. He did. And, you know, he would go home with two suitcases full of skimmers and reactors and media and, and uh, controllers and you name it. Yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. Great Bird of Reef. Um, Paul, who's a moderator, says, uh, I haven't been since Magna Boston in 2004. So, Paul is also the president of the Boston uh, Reefers Society, huh? and um, Sturgis Reef is saying they need it in Boston. Probably not going to happen anytime soon, though. I don't know, Paul. Maybe um, maybe uh, an effort's got to be uh, made to recruit uh, uh, Magna back to, uh, to Boston. I, I just don't know what the logistics are like, how, how tough it is to get an event like that uh, all organized and how many other um, cities or clubs are pitching, you know, Mazna to do that. I don't even know what the process is. Is it like the Olympics there, Mark? Do you have any idea? I mean, do you have to like uh, do a, a presentation to the committee or something? You used to. Really? Yes, that's how it was. And 
the clubs would uh, apply with a huge application and you had to answer, you know, so many questions and prove why you, you earned it. And um, you had to explain how you thought you could possibly afford it. And see, the thing was back then in those days, Macna belonged to each club. I mean, it belonged to Masna, but each club handled it and each club would walk away with money in the bank, which would oh. help fund their club for years to come. So um, Paul is saying he inquired about it. Um, he's talking to Sturgis Reef, but I could talk about this uh, comment. Local clubs no longer host them, so it's in the air in terms of whether right. or not they want to have it in Boston or not. So um, yeah. hmm, so that, that whole uh, process has changed. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would... No, that is, that's what I was going to say. That's what it was back in the day. That changed probably five, six years ago, maybe seven, where Mazna said, okay, we're going to do it ourselves, which actually made sense. And the reason being... You know how you do your live stream each you know each time you do this show you know exactly how to do yeah. it. But what if someone new sat in your chair every single mag, every single video and they had to do what you're doing right now and you're like, "Okay, I'm just going to ask the questions, but you do all the controls." And they're like, "Okay, well I've never done this before, but I'll figure it out." And you're like, "Okay, mm. that should be okay." Yeah. That's how it was with Macna and the clubs. And every club had to learn how to do it and then they'd never have to do it again. And the next club had to learn how to do it from scratch. And it was such a beating. Yeah. So when Mazda said, we're going to do it completely, it could only get better because every year the same people are doing yeah. it and they can learn from their mistakes and make improvements and corrections. And that was the plan. But COVID really just kind of broke it. Mm. I think it did. Yeah. I, think it, I think it broke the show. I think it broke a lot of shows. I mean, a lot of businesses went out of business. Yeah. And uh, you know, a lot of people's lives were changed forever. And this show took a monster hit. And it's just, it's a shame. I don't want to see it go away, but I mean, even clubs are going away. Yeah. Fish stores are going yeah. away. I mean, everything's taken a huge yeah. hit in, and it's funny because the, the reality is every one of us has a wallet. Every one of us decides what we're going to spend our money on. And we've got, there's a mentality there about, I'll get it from Amazon. There's a mentality, you know, I can get it from BRS cheaper than anywhere else. Yeah. Um, or I, you know, I get free shipping or whatever the reason is. So I won't go to the fish store. And these stores are going out of business because no one's spending money in the yeah. stores. And I have fish stores calling me up and saying, Mark, what can you do? <laughs> and all I can do is look in the camera and say, please go to your local fish store and buy something. Yeah. Just buy something this month. Yeah. Fish food, test kits, a frag, do something and realize you're paying more, but you're also going to make sure they're there when something goes wrong with your tank. So they need that business and we should be kind of moving our money in a circle that way keeping it inside the saltwater industry. You know, I, I totally agree. You know, I live, um, I live in a remote rural area right now in, in terms of being in Vermont. So there's really not uh, many, if uh, any, local fish stores nearby me. But I used to live in the, uh, in the Westchester, Connecticut area in, in New York. So there were a couple of um, fish stores I always used to go to, and I, I so enjoyed going because you know you, you can't yeah. you can't really get a sense in terms of what you're shopping for in terms of corals and fish unless you're seeing yeah. them in person. And in this day and age, yeah. there's just so much that could be done in terms of doctoring photos, of Photoshop, and all that stuff. Yeah. But I think it's so valuable to be able to go to that local fish store, and especially if you're just getting into the hobby. If, if there's mm -hmm. somebody, you know, at that local fish store that can kind of serve as a mentor, which is what happened to me when I first got into the hobby, there was a, there was a guy that had a, like an awesome kick-ass display tank in a local fish store. So um, I just pumped him for, uh, you know, all the, all the information that I could to, to really try to yeah. learn his methods and his, uh, and his ways. So, uh, and, you know, 
I think it was uh, it was a good good um, you know tactic and it, and it and it helped me a lot. I don't know um, mm -hmm. how prevalent that is these days in terms of people leaning on local fish stores like that, but I think that's a um, <clears throat> that's kind of like a lost art. It is. That's the problem. It's people have gotten away from it. People keep or the whole mentality. I can ask my question on Facebook, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, or like for example, someone I can't remember who it was. Someone on Instagram showed two pictures of the same thing. I think it was their tank was full of torches. And they showed, they said, which picture do you like better? Which video do you like better? One or two? And when I looked at it, one was glowing and one was real. And, you know, it was the exact same clip twice. And so I said, well, number one is for Instagram and number two is for reality. Because <laughs> yeah. that's how your tank will actually look in real, yeah. you know, in real life to your eyeballs. Yeah. And I think that people do want the fake. But they'll never get yeah. it. It's just not real. Yeah. It's just like... It's just like uh, how I'm going to say women, and I'm not trying to be sexist, but how women can put on the uh, the filter to make themselves look more beautiful on Instagram, and you don't know what they really oh, look right. like Filters. because it's a filter. Yeah. You know, it's it, it makes their eyes different. It makes their they, they have a little button on their nose or whatever. It just they change their look. And I don't use filters. I'm me. I'm a guy. I, we wouldn't do that. I don't, I don't think men use filters. I, I didn't even know that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, I maybe they do. I don't know that stuff. I use filters to, you know, fill my fish tank, but uh, that's because of the freaking blue light, you know? that's uh, No, it's software stuff. I'm software talking about. They stuff. actually do something. They give us those longer eyelashes and stuff, and it somehow it just moves with their eyes. It's crazy, <laughs> but it's fake. It's not real, you know? So anyway, we got way off topic, but the point is we should continue to support our stores, support our conferences, because once they're gone, you won't have them. Yeah. And then then you'll literally be in your little no man's land where you have to order everything in and it has to be shipped to your door. And you don't get any of the boon or the benefits of interacting with others and sharing knowledge and, and learning from mistakes and and figuring out problems other than hoping some conversation on Facebook might help you. And, you know, and, it's and plus, it's, it's also about connecting with other reef keepers and meeting other people in person and having those conversations, which is just great also about going to like a MACNA or another, um, you know, frag swap. I mean, whatever happened to those good old yeah. fashioned frag swaps, those local, uh, you yeah. know, they're still going on, but um, not mm -hmm. at the same frequency in terms of what I can tell. So, it's, right. um, you know, and that was like back in the day when you would go and you would actually swap, right? You would you would yeah. not be yeah. taking out your wallet and, and giving a credit card over to somebody or paying cash for something. You would be taking frags yeah. um, from your yeah. tank and trading them with other uh, reef keepers Swapping in the true yeah. sense of they frag swap. And everything was in Ziploc bags, yeah. <laughs> lying on a table, yeah. and you're holding up this thing. What is this? What is this? What is this? Now everyone's got these glowing tanks and they got their LEDs with the lights popping. Yeah. They get the flow off. They're running carbon, so it's crystal clear yeah. and everything looks like diamond and you want to buy it all. And yeah. they're like, and we'll take any form of payment you have. <laughs> you know, it's completely yeah. different. You yeah, know? I know. It's changed a lot. Champion Lighting Supply, thank you so much for that super chat. The comment is in all caps. Support your local fish store! Exclamation point. Yeah. Here, here. Right. Here, here. Um, so, do you think the um, the other shows out there, the other big shows like Reefapalooza and Aquashella, um, Reefstock, have had an impact in terms of what's been going on with Macna over the uh, over the years? Is is, is that um, you know yeah. the other shows out there? Is that impacting attendance, perhaps? I think so. I mean, when you think about Reefa Palooza, it started in California. It started in a guy's backyard. It was literally his backyard. And there was some people selling some frags. That was it. And it became this bigger show at this fairgrounds. And eventually it got so big that 
it happened in Florida. And then Worldwide Coral says, we want to own it or license the name or something. And then there was one in New York and there was one in Chicago. And now there's one in Dallas and they're bouncing around. And then you got Aquashella that came out of nowhere, which combined freshwater and saltwater. So you have double the audience. And it's been really well received. I'm going to Aquashella this weekend in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. And I mean, these are fun events. I love going to all these different kind of events when I can. But I also kind of enjoy just staying home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I can't tell people go to these and then I don't yeah, go, you gotta, you gotta you know, go, but it's just so much easier for me to stay home and run my business and work on my magazine and take care of my dog and take care of my reef tank, you know, but yes, I do think that the more events it dilutes the audience and it makes Magna less special because that was the thing you went to every year. There was a Magna. The fact that you never went to one until I tried, man. I tried 2022, I, I guess. That's I, crazy. I to was me. supposed to go, I think, in 2017. I can't remember. And oh. it was 2017. Was it was that the one in Atlanta or some some place down south? And uh, I was boarding the plane <clears throat> and um, my connecting flight got canceled and I wasn't going to be able to get there until oh. the next day, until Saturday mid-morning or something i was yeah. like screw it i just yeah i, I bailed yeah. on it so it was a uh, it was a flight thing but um yeah. yeah no i um i definitely regret not going to uh to one before i mean it, they seem to be so yeah. educational right i mean that seems to be the difference between yeah. uh, a magna versus those other shows is the other shows you might have yes. a couple of uh, speakers you know around lunchtime but but uh right. magna is kind of like a full slate of, of speakers and really damn good speakers yeah yeah, my first Macna was in 2002, and it happened to be here in Fort Worth. And I went to it because I was told by a store in, in California, you got to go. And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, just go. And so I did. And there was 15 speakers in three days, and I went to 15 talks, and I learned so much. I literally felt like I finally had the answers. So I've never missed Macna since. Now, I've missed a ton of talks because yeah. I get so caught up in the vendor hall because I love the gear. Yeah. I love seeing the equipment. I love seeing my friends and catching up and meeting people. That's it's a bad habit. I've tried to be much better about going to the presentations and hearing the talks because there is lots for me to learn. I I cannot possibly say I know it all. I don't. Uh, I I know a lot of stuff. I've lived through a lot of stuff, but there's still stuff I don't get. And I try to always go to every presentation with the goal to learn one new thing. Yeah. And out of all the talks I've been to in my life, I've only had two speakers that completely wasted my time. <laughs> Just two, which is pretty That's good. Not bad, man. That's always something to learn, you know? That's a pretty good percentage. It's a very high percentage. Um, yeah. Great beer to reef, reef them. Let's go next year. I'm down for the cause. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Um, an Orthodox Reef. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to, like, massage this question here because it, it's a little uh, – um, Mark, in your opinion, what's the best <laughs> first-time advent, advent for an Advent virgin? So I think the question oh. is, um, what to go to first? Yeah. What what should you for the first yeah. time? Well, the first thing you should do is look for a local club if you have one in your area and go there. I mean, just because they're local. I mean, that would be my first recommendation. Of course, visiting all the fish stores in your area to find one you like, and then when it comes to conferences, I'm going to push Macna. I've been pushing Macna forever. I just highly recommend that one. Um, it used to cost me eight hundred dollars for the trip. Now, post-COVID, it's probably 1200 or something because the flight, yeah. the luggage, yeah. the food, the hotel. And that's not buying things at the show. That's just the, sp- the expenditure. But that was my annual trip. I went there. I was not going to Reefapalooza. I was not going – there was no Aquashella. 
you know, there'd be occasionally something in Houston I could drive down to and attend called uh, uh, Reef uh, Currents. And then our club did something called Next Wave that we did for many years. But we eventually stopped doing it because people weren't coming. Yeah. And that's the crazy part. All you had to do was show up. It's, when you don't show up, you kill the shows. Yeah. And then when you say, well, it's not in my area, it's like, we did a local event for our club members and they didn't show. Okay. It was that in their sucks. local area. Yeah. That just plain yeah. sucks. And so, and then you had board members that didn't want to organize the event because they didn't want to work so hard for many months to have no one show up. I mean, yeah. you kind of need everyone to agree. I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to pay my entry fee. I'm going to attend. And you may not love it, but you might like it. <laughs> you might come home with a cool frag. You might learn something and improve a situation in your tank. You might make a new friend. I don't know, but you, if you don't go, none of these things can happen. I had a, um, I had a great time. I went for the first time, went to restock this past um, March. I think it was beginning of March. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun, you know? Right. So, you know, again, mm -hmm. it's like, uh, I, I, I saw people that I had never seen in person before. So it was great to kind of make those connections and, and, yes. uh, people that I had never met before, you know, um, I was talking yeah. to, and it's just great to talk reef, man. You know, it's like great to talk yeah. reef. So you don't have to like, um, you know, it's, it's a great excuse to, to really, uh, back in 2002, my first Macna, I met people that were moderators on reef central. I met John Link, the owner of ReCentral. That was the place everyone went. No one knew the owner. <laughs> I mean, some people did, but I met him. You know, we got to shake hands and talk. I got to meet company owners like um, Joy that ran Harbor Freight, uh, Harbor, uh, what was it called? Harbor something. And uh, she sold me my first SPS Coral and my first clam. Really? You know, I bought them from her and I've been friends with her for 20 plus years ever nice. since. And, you know, getting to know these people and go to these events. I mean, you went to Reefstock. You didn't get to meet Jake Adams because he passed a year ago. But that was his event. He's the one that came up with that event. Yeah. Yeah. You know? He was um, he, he, he was uh, recruiting me to go, you know, before he um, mm -hmm. before he passed. So it was a uh, you know, it was something I definitely wanted to um, to experience. But I also got an opportunity to see the, um, the, the studio, which was pretty cool. You know, and yeah. and um, but yeah, I think it it um it, it, it was more thank you. It was more of like a a traditional um, I I thought he 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 kind of like positioned it as more of a um you know more of a unique kind of um more frag swappy type of um event, mm -hmm. not not um as um not not similar to what I guess what Reef and Palooza was all about in Aquashella was it was a, it was a kind of a in, in itself kind of a um more of a uh, down and dirty reef keepers type of show is the sense that I got uh -huh. from it. And, and it's certainly being there in person, I got, uh, you know, uh, it seemed true to me, but um, yeah, I, you know, listen, obviously with the, you mentioned the cost of uh, plane tickets and all that stuff. And I think, it I, think um, I think any show that you can get to is a worthwhile um, trip. So if it's yeah. um, something that's within driving distance, then uh, go to it. Right. Um, yeah, I've driven to events in Oklahoma, which was like four or five hours. I've driven down to San Antonio, which is four or five hours. And it's, you know, there's times where I will spend the night. There's times where I just hoof at home the same day. You know, it's like I'm just coming home because I got corals in my car. So it really comes down to what works best for you. But if you can get to it, you should go to it. And people would, I remember when we did our Next Wave conference, you know, the, the room was packed with people. And people came up from Houston, from San Antonio, from Austin. They came over from Wichita Falls and they came from Tyler, Texas. Some came down from Oklahoma City. 
you know, they came from everywhere to come to our event where we had five or six speakers for the day. You know, it was just our, our one day event and it became bigger and bigger. And then it imploded because people didn't yeah. show up. It was bad. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's sad when you watch something like that happen. And I, I'd like to see it not continue to happen. I'd like to see us invest in the industry itself and keeping it afloat. And that means us customers buying things has to support the businesses that are bringing us the supplies. And if we give everything, and I'm pointing this out, I'm not, I'm just pointing out because it's easy. If we give everything to BRS, that's already the million dollar company, you know, then what happens to all the little guys? I mean, that's just the reality. And I've had customers tell me I'm buying from you, Mark, from Milo's Reef, because I'd like to support a little guy. And I'm like, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Because I do want to keep eating. I still want to feed my dog. You know, (laughs) I want to keep my reef tank alive and I do need to make income. uh, But I do go to the fish store and I buy my fish food. And occasionally I'll pick up a fish or a crawl from that. It's uh, it's a big pie. And uh, it's nice to um, be able to get, you know, have a little slice for, um, you know, for for some of the, um, you know, less... um, um, uh, you know, smaller folks out there in terms of the uh, the operations. Uh, Reef Exotica by Luis Acevedo. Hey, Luis, it's going to be better. He's talking about reef stock. It's going to be better when you come back and we drink tequila, Senor Reef Bum. Bring me left with you. Yeah, there you go. That sounds fun. Um, no, seriously, if you can support your local economy, that's always yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, what, what was this I was reading about? Um, uh, what was this? Champion Lighting Supply said something about it's changing up in terms of MACNA next year. Layout is changing this year. Workshops on Friday, one speaker mm-hmm. on Saturday and Sunday. What's that all about? That uh... Yeah, they're changing. They're trying to do something different, hoping that that will resonate with the potential audience. Um, you know, in the end, again, it doesn't matter how much they change if no one shows up. So I'm going to continue to press forward that everyone needs to go. And matter of fact, I believe today is still the best price to get a ticket. And I think tomorrow the ticket price goes up. Oh. So the end of October, and today's October 31st. So if you haven't gone to masna.org or macna.com and bought your ticket, tomorrow it'll be 20, 30 bucks higher than it is right now. Okay, good to know. But yes, they are going to change their, Friday is going to be educational. And then Saturday and Sunday is going to be more about demos and uh, workshops. Um, and that's why I was saying, maybe I'll do something on Saturday or Sunday for educational because there's going to be less of it on the weekend the way I understand it now, you know, a lot of things can still be in flux, but that's the general, they're trying to do stuff to bring in more attendees and young attendees as well. Um, they're trying to grow it, you know, trying to, because the one thing you'll probably hear the most is it's always the same mm. thing or it's always the same speakers. Yeah. And even when I was organizing Markna and I had to pick my 24 speakers, I started asking people, well, who do you want to hear from? Because I don't want to yeah. do the same speakers. It was actually a joke on my one of my images. I had this murder board where I was planning Markna, and I had a picture of Joe Ayulo, and it was like crossed out and said, nope, because it was like he's always speaking, you know? And he was like, hey! And I was like, yeah, I know. But Sanjay's the one that ratted you out. You know, it was a, it was a joke, you know? But the fact is I try to bring in different speakers because everyone has something to learn from. You know, there's opportunities. But at the same time, I was getting people recommending people I already hear from all the time. Yeah. I was like, well... You're literally doing what you're complaining yeah. about. You say don't bring in the same people, but I still want to hear from Sanjay and I still want to hear from Joe yeah. and still want to hear from Richard Ross or whatever. And so I tried really hard not to bring in that same collective. Yeah. You know, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to make it everyone happy. Hard. And it's got to be hard also to be able to reach uh, out to these folks and try to actually connect with them to, uh, to get them to, um, you know, participate. I mean, I know that for this show. I, I mean, reach out to one lady. 
Uh, I was just gonna. I reached yeah, out go to ahead. one lady who is an expert on starfish, and I was like, "I want you to speak in Markna," and she said, "I haven't talked about that in years. No, thank you." And I was like, "Ah." <laughs> then I reached out to a diver in Bonaire who posts a picture every day, like Bob Fenner, and she says, "Nope, I'm too shy." Because like, <laughs> she shares the best stuff. Then I talked with blackwater divers that I follow on Instagram. I followed. There's like six different people on Instagram I follow that are fascinating. Like one's all about nudibranchs. One's about blackwater. One's about just diving all that. And I was like, I want you on. And they all turned really? me down. And I'm like, wow. I mean, you are literally the ones that should be on this show because you're not the same yeah. people. You're literally doing something. It's so cool. I'm following you. There has to yeah. be a reason. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm following you, you're important, yeah. you know? And it was really <laughs> funny trying to get them. And they were turning me down. I was like, wow. But in the end, we did get a really good mixture of people. And we had some incredible talks. I, I've played them back. I've watched them all now. You know, it was hard to watch and yeah. do the show. Yeah. So I watched them afterwards. Yeah. And I was, I mean, there was mistakes. There was, I did blunders during it, but the content was great. And I was really glad that we did. Well, it's not easy, man. Like a live show, um, you know, especially that many strung together. There, it's, uh, that, that's, uh, that's a tall order. So, you know, again, man, that yeah. was quite the, uh, the feat to pull off. So, all right. The, um, <laughs> And we mentioned uh, Magna uh, in Milwaukee in 2022, and I went to that. And I actually sat in in your uh, your presentation. You, you always seem to be in these uh, Magna presentations, Mark. What's going on? <laughs> I always talk all the time. I know they told me next year you're not, you don't on, get to you're talk. not on the I'm slate You're off. Could have happened. You got the cross. No, they want to put me somewhere that has to do with YouTube stuff and. I don't know. I told him if there's not incredible bandwidth, I don't care. <laughs> I, I got to have a good signal. I mean, I'm just really picky about, you know, four, I know. Four K. <laughs> so you, but uh, yeah, so I gave that talk and actually I was really nervous about that talk. That was probably the most difficult talk I've given really? in my life. Even though I did so much research on it and spent so much money preparing for that presentation and getting my data organized. But it was like two days before I gave the talk, I spoke to a physicist who basically said everything I believed was wrong. And I just immediately was like, oh, no, I should not be giving this talk, and you should be giving the talk. He goes, you'll be fine. He says, you still know more than everyone in the audience. Like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. But um, it was it was really interesting stuff. And it, I've watched that talk as well. I watched my playback to see how insane I sounded. And it actually came across pretty decent. So I was kind of happy no, about that. No, I mean, listen, I was, I was definitely taking notes because, you know, I was – doing a similar type of thing. And basically what your talk was all about was um, doing ICP testing and trace element dosing and making mm -hmm. adjustments along the way. So how, how has that, um, you yep. know, I mean, I know you, you gave the presentation in terms of how things had been, um, you know, going up to that point in time, but have you right. um, been continuing down that path and how's it been going? How's the tank been uh, responding to that? Actually, what happened was, when I was doing that, my tank never looked better. It actually just looked incredible. Everything was glowing. <laughs> it was insane. And uh, I spent a fortune, like I said, because I was doing ICP every single week. Yes. And I was paying overnight shipping to get the the results immediately because oh. I didn't want to wait four or five days. I want my results tomorrow. I shipped it today. Tomorrow I, I would log in. There was my results. Wow. I could adjust my dose again. And I was all over it that way. And I did this for two months, mm. you know, so I probably spent four to six hundred dollars in tests and shipping and additives. Right. So you're doing <laughs> as well. You're doing you know? Reef Labs ICP testing and you're using uh, Captivate Aquaculture uh, trace elements. Yeah. Yes. Yes, correct. 
And I was doing it all manually. So it was kind of a hassle factor too, because I was literally dripping it in with two syringes, oh. counting drops, but doing it really slowly. And it was Chris at ACI that told me, you can mix most of these together in a jug and have one dosing That's pump. what I do. And I was like, that sounds yeah. great, but then I have to figure out the math. Yeah. And that's all, another one of those challenging things because, okay, so I put 1,000 milliliters of RODI, and now I've added 29 drops of this, and I've added 2.5 milliliters yeah. of that, and I'm trying to figure out my total liquid volume, divide that by 10 days of dosing, yeah. then do my ICP test, and it became kind of a I, – I got a little burned out, I guess, and just stopped, yeah. and my tank immediately started to decline because yeah. of it because you know, it wasn't getting all the yeah. juice. You know, just like if you're on AquaPower and you stop doing it, your tank will suddenly start to look yeah. different because you've taken away something that the corals are used to. So I backed off on it. I did. I've sent in a couple of ICP tests in the last six months, and I can see where I'm at and see where I'm lacking. But I still haven't had the energy or time <laughs> to mix up a jug of, you know, RODI with some iron and some this and some that, and you know, kind of get back on track. And I've watched, but my, the thing is. My tank is full. It's time for a reset again. It's literally maxed out again, and things are killing each other. And I'm like, if I was doing this, it'd be even worse. <laughs> because it would so, be growing much I faster. Do yeah. It? <laughs> it, yeah, it's already fine. I mean, I, I need to get in there up to my armpits and start cleaning and weeding. But um, there's, I do want to get some things corrected. I lost a lot of my uh, calerpa that's in the refugium. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I dosed Prodivio that I usually would put, but I kind of forgot for like a month and I put it in and the remaining uh, Calerpa healed up. It looked better. So it was benefiting from the strontium and the iodine and, and the uh, bioptim and the yeah. biodigest I put in. And it's those little things that when you stop doing them, your tank will change. But there's a lot of life in my reef. It's, it's a full tank and I need to really do some serious pruning. So, yeah, the uh, kind of like uh, slacking off on the ICP testing and the trace elements uh, worked to your favor because the tank was uh, too, too, uh, too, too uh, chock full of uh, corals. I'm, I'm kind of like in a, a similar uh, boat for one of my uh, tanks as well. You know, my, uh, my peninsula tank, I've got such big, you know, mm -hmm. a, a, a lot of growth, a lot of corals running into each other. You know, some coral war yeah. warfare going on. There's a lot of shading out going on. It's like, you know, when, when is that point when you're looking at this beautiful, gorgeous, full reef with full colonies and all that stuff. You know, when do you know the time to reset it? I mean, it, it seems like that's an odd time to do a reset when the tank is thriving and people think you're nuts, but um, a lot of us do it. Well, Richard Ross said, if you're doing your job right, your tank will overgrow. Yeah. You know, it, it will literally, you know, you've gardened too yeah. well and you have to go in there and do this. And it is kind of sad to have to mess with your tank, especially when everything's going well. But at the same time, when you declutter and you remove the undergrowth and you get things lowered down, you open up free area for the fish to swim, you increase flow in the tank, you increase light penetration to everything else, you get rid of the eyesores that were irritating. Yeah. You know, like, you know that thing's gone, but you haven't reached in because it's under something. You're like, ah. But then when it's not there, that negative space makes you feel better because you're no longer thinking about that thing that no longer exists because it's yeah. dead. So. There's a benefit to doing it. And, you know, it seems like every three years I have to go in there and kind of really out. attack yeah. the reason I yeah. hate it. But I won't do what you did. I mean, you were like, oh, I'm clearing out. I was like, nope, I'm not doing that. I remember when we were on <laughs> yeah. last time, you were talking about you were really going to hack in your reef. I was like, nope, don't do it. Don't do <laughs> I, it. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just wanted to sell the corals. That was no, your I motivation. Really, I didn't really For benefit. Me, 
for me, it's not about selling. I just need the space. No, it was, it, you know, to me, it was like I had probably like 10 or 11 corals that just dominated in that tank. It was like a 187-gallon tank. And, and um, you know, I had this ginormous tub stiletto montipora that was taking, you yep. know, probably like 18 inches across and just really growing fast mm -hmm. and crowding out some acros that I just loved in that tank. Yeah. And, and um, so it, it was just like a matter of like certain corals just took over that, um, yeah. you know, were um, becoming problematic for other corals. So I just kind of felt like it was time to just, I couldn't like figure out how to kind of, you know, do a partial reset. It just right. didn't seem like a trim. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's exactly. It's, it's, it's tough. So, you know, I'm yeah. kind of like in a similar um, situation right now in my, my peninsula tank. My, I got this orange cap that is actually two feet across. And um, my clownfish like live in it. Wow. They love this thing because it's like, oh, you can't touch <laughs> it. It's their home. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's true because That's it's it. like it's an SPS dominant tank, and these clownfish like found this ginormous orange cap, you know, with all these crevices yeah. and little little places to like hide in. And um, so, right. but it's um, you know, it's like taking taking out a whole end of the uh, the tank, and I got this beautiful like milka stylo on the other end of the tank, which is eighteen inches mm -hmm. across. And then I've got like this wow. TSA Bill Murray and PC Rainbow that have fused together at the top of the tank in the middle, which is like, again, two feet across and um, shading yeah. out one side of the peninsula tank. So it's like, um, you know, at, at some point in time, you got to like kind of try to make a decision and, and hopefully it's the right decision. But those are kind of tough. Um, well, I haven't seen your tank in a while, so you need to post up some pictures before you start hacking. Um, we got to see. I'm, uh, I'm dropping a video tomorrow on it, so uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to do the same with mine. I'm going to film it. My tank's about to turn 10 years old. Wow. And um, in about well 10 days, so I um, I need to trim, but I hate to mess up the video for a 10 year anniversary video. So it's like, do I wait a little bit longer? Do I tack it now so it looks better for the video? It's like. Mm. But knowing my schedule, I'll probably wait. <laughs> I'll probably just do the video and just and then say these are things I'm about to do. Or maybe what I should do is film it, describe it, and then film me attacking it, and then film what it looks like and say, Happy tenth, this is what you get. I don't know. How, I gotta make it how how often do you change what's going on in your reef tank based on terms of what you want to, you know, put out in terms of content? You know, I mean, have you ever never, never, never. Uh, changed in terms never. of what you're what's going on with the tank to uh Create content. No, I, I really, I love my tank to look the same, but fuller. Yeah. I don't want to move anything to a new spot. I want every bit of the livestock to look like it got bigger, 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 bigger. It's almost like a time-lapse scenario. And, you know, sometimes things happen, but I don't have losses. You know, I don't have major catastrophes, fortunately. And uh, so you'll see the hammer coral is always on this end of the tank, and the acro is always on this end of the tank, and the birds is always here. But there has been some, you know, overgrowth. And because of it, there's shading and shading use losses yeah. underneath it. But I've tried super hard not to mess. I hate changing the way the tank looks. Yeah. And that's why it, when people come over and say it looks so natural, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like what my hair looks like when you wake up when you get out of bed in the morning. It's natural. It, I mean, it doesn't look like that. <laughs> it stands I sometimes will answer the phone feel like, whoa. I'm like, you called me. <laughs> You FaceTimed me. This is yeah. your fault. Because I have white ceilings, you see the hair just standing up yeah. in every direction because there's no way to test yeah, it. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I brush my hair. It's under here. It's all <laughs> I had to be dressed up for Halloween. I think your uh, oh, your lights are still uh, blinking there, man. That's got you got some you got yeah, some, it's you got some good batteries in those eyeballs. 
<laughs> I do, I do, I do. Yeah. Um, what did I want to? Um, oh, so I we we talked about social media, and you got a really big following on YouTube and Instagram and all that stuff. I, I assume you get a lot of products sent to you to try out. Do um, is that correct or no? You I don't. No, no. I occasionally I get something. Um, most of the t in the past, when people would say, "Hey, we'd like you to try something," I'm like, "It has to work with my yeah. tank." So, like for example, the Nio skimmer. When I was standing there in the Ecotech booth and they mentioned, you know, they'd like us me to check out their skimmers, I was looking at it and I said, Well, I need the biggest one. And they're like, Well, that's really expensive. I'm like, I can't put the little one on a four hundred yeah. gallon. What's it gonna yeah. do? It's not gonna yeah. work. And they're like, We'll get back to you. And then all of a sudden they said, Here's a ginormous skimmer. And it arrived in two boxes and I did my video about it. And it was not a quick video because I wanted to learn the product, use the product, learn how to take the product apart and clean it. So I actually had it for two or three months before I did the review. Yeah. And um, then I did the, and even in the review, I said, I hope they don't want it back because I really love this skimmer. <laughs> and they didn't want it back. So I got to keep it. And here it is six years later. I'm still using that same nice. skimmer. So you see, I'm not like a big equipment turnover guy. Yeah. I had metal halides forever until I finally tried out the sky. And I've been running those ever since for, I guess this is year four, maybe. I don't know, year three or four. And occasionally something will come out, you know, and, you know, Ecotech or Neptune might say, we'd like you to beta test. Like they wanted me to beta test, might've been the Trident. It was already in beta testing, but I was like coming in at the end, yeah. like we've done all the, the, the tweaks. Now we want like a real guy to just get that brand new box experience and just do a, a review. And I said, all right, I'll try it. And I still run the Trident. I like it, you know? But there are I I don't always jump on these offers because usually it's like everything's working in my tank. I don't want to mess with I, it. I don't want to remove my vortex to put your your new fancy pump on my tank that could short out in my system and you know because it's new. Yeah, I'm the uh, I'm the same way. I'm pretty much set in terms of what I use, and um, it's um, you know if if there, if there's I'm I'm a, I'm like a GHL guy. I use a lot of GHL products and all mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So if there's like a new GHL product, then that, you know that's something that I, I potentially I would um, I would you know try. But if it's something else, a different manufacturer or something like that that I haven't used yeah. before, lighting, skimmers. Yeah. I'm the same way, man. I don't want to like mess with success, right? I mean, yeah, everything's yeah. working. So that yeah. that would take a lot for me to kind of like um, you know. I mean, I, I can understand like water testing. That's that's something that um, you know is is yeah. not going to potentially impact how you run your reef tank. Right. It's something that you could run in parallel with something else that you're using or something like that. But um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of uh, you know it's you got. I think you got to be true to what you really are, which is a reef keeper, and um, you know yeah. that's got to trump everything else in terms of the health of your animals and what you're comfortable with in terms of using. When you yeah, when you have to undo something to install something new, it has to be a really good reason. And like, for example, let's say uh, there was a product that came to market that promises to remove nitrate. I'm very interested because I always have nitrate problems. And it's like, what do you got? And I've tried many. People are like, why do you keep trying these things that don't work? You were using bio pellets and it worked fine. I was like, yeah, that's true. And it did work fine. But I wanted to see what it was like to use Nopox. I wanted to see what it was like to use nitrate are i want to see yeah. what it's like to use um you know these the different products because how can i answer questions to people if i only use one thing forever that's sort of like me changing to the sky from metal halides i was like nope i don't want leds i don't need it i don't want it i'm happy yeah. with mine i've got extra ballots i got extra bulbs 
I am covered for the next mm-hmm. decade. But then when Terrence says, we'd like you to try out the sky, I said to him, I'll do it. And he was like, really? <laughs> I was like, yeah, for once in my life, I'm going to say yes. Everyone's been on LEDs for a decade, and I'm the guy with these ancient light bulbs. Let me try it. And we hooked him up, and literally my reaction in my gut, and I said it out loud on camera, was I should have done this years mm. ago. But they didn't exist yeah. years ago. This was a new yeah. light. I could have tried radions. I've used radions in other tanks, and they worked fine. But for my big tank, I didn't want to put six or eight or ten radions. I wanted three metal halides, so I wanted three yeah. lights. And the three sky lights my whole reef, and it works out fine. Now there's a new AI blade out, but I'm very happy with the ReefBright XHOs. So I haven't just ripped out mine to buy new $800 LEDs to supplement with because I don't see the need. Now, when when and if the XHOs die, that's the perfect time to say, hmm, maybe I'll yeah. do the AI blade now because I've, I've heard really yeah, good things. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, you know, I had a similar experience in terms of lighting. I had a true, uh, tried and true metal halide person for years and years and years. It's just had a lot of luck with them. And uh, I saw no reason yeah. to use uh, LEDs, but then I um, I did switch to the GHL Mitras on my uh, on my mm-hmm. Peninsula tank, and, and just uh, you know, I mean, listen, I, I I saw a lot of other people having success with with LEDs, and and I uh, was a yeah. GHL person, so I figured I'd, yeah. I'd give it a go, and it and it you know it's it's turned out great. I love them. So oh, I love my light. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I people are like well, no one buys these. I'm like, doesn't matter. I'm happy with what yeah. I have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, it matters. They need to buy them so the company stays in business. But my point is, like, you don't see a lot of people talking about having Sky, which is kind of curious to me. And I don't really know why. But the fact is, I can dial them to whatever color. I was changing the color for my live streams. I actually had a streaming profile. (laughs) And I did that. And the tank turned yellow, but it looked on camera. It looked perfect. (laughs) In human eyes, it looked horrible. But it was was perfect for camera for, you know, the two hours I was doing my live stream. And then when people come over and I want to make it glow blue, I hit a button, yeah. boom, the tank's glow yeah. blue. And then in 10 minutes, it reverts back to the normal schedule. And people are like, actually, it looks kind of nice just with the normal yeah. schedule. I'm like, yeah. good. Glad you yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. No, it, it is kind of nice to kind of like. I, I do like LEDs. I'm actually very impressed with them. And they definitely grow coral. They definitely Because, you know, grow. two years ago when I lost a bunch of coral during that potassium thing, um, I planted new things in. And it was, people said, how did you go from a few twigs to a reef in like no time at all? It's like. The lights, the flow, water quality, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> the normal things. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's um, you know, it, it it's true. I think everybody has their own kind of um formula for uh for success. So it, it's uh lighting is a big part, flow is a big part. I found that um you know, when I started uh, really incorporating a lot of caulkwasser into uh my uh, my regimen that, that helped a lot in terms of the uh, the growth rates of um of my corals. Mm-hmm. So I think you just gotta stick with what works. And that's uh, that's important, right. but it is kind of scary to you know venture out in terms of new products and all that stuff. I think what I what yeah. I, I experiment a lot with in terms of um, with nutrient control and bacteria dosing or certain things to mm-hmm. um, potentially play around with in terms of trying to get rid of cyano. And I know you're a proponent of just using the uh, the ChemiClean or whatnot to get rid of the cyano, but yes. um, solve the problem. <laughs> solve the problem. <laughs> Solve I like, it. I like to... Solve the problem this week and be done. I know, I know. But yeah, you've you've never had any issues though. I know we talked about this probably the last time you were on in terms of the uh, the corals. The uh, have you ever done any microbiome testing with aquabiomics to see what the impact? I haven't, I haven't done, that, done yet. that yet. Yeah. No. no, I um, I'm still kind of, I'm going to come across judgy in this case because I don't mm-hmm. have information. But basically, I saw the biome, I saw the reports, but I felt like it didn't give us any information of what to do. And it literally didn't give us what we needed. 
which was the thing they're making this one thing. You know, it's a big chunk of the graph is missing, but they were out of stock of that thing. I was like, well, then what's the point? Mm. Why do I send in this report yeah. to get this report saying I need your magic rubble and you have no rubble and you don't know when you're going to get rubble in? It's like, <laughs> never mind, you know? So I said, I know I sound judgy, but that's just where I'm at. Now, if they can get their production up to where they can keep up with demand, yeah, I'll pay the 70 or $90 for the test. I'll find out what I need. I'll throw the rubble in the refugium and hopefully it'll correct my bacteria problem. You know, that's, I mean, you I, know, you, you bring up a good, you bring up a good point because I think there's um, there's a lot of bacteria in a bottle that's sold out there that's not um, there's not information in terms of what kind of bacteria is in that bottle, yeah. and that's problematic because if you're leaning on aquabiomics tests to see what your profile is, a composition of the bacteria, and you're right. maybe short on certain you know types of bacteria. Um, it can be challenging to try to find a source to replenish the bacteria that you're short on. Yeah, I know there's um there, there's there's some companies that do have are, are um you know more upfront about that sort of thing, so it makes it easier. Yeah, but um you know it's um I mean what what's your uh, take on the whole bacteria dosing thing out there? Do you do it? Are you a proponent of it? Have you had any? Success well, I mean, I've, I've been dosing different ones for years. I mean, you think about this. I've been doing Prodibio for. 12 or 13 years, and that's two different kind of bacteria. Um, if you were to use live rock enhance from too little uh, from a reef bright, yeah, that's a bacteria that makes your rock look nicer. It's a it's a decay uh, decay eating bacteria. Yep. If you're using Microbacter Seven with bio pellets, that's a bacteria that works really well. Um, they even have bio uh, Microbacter Clean, which is even more potent, which you can use and sometimes helps. Um, and then there was um. A new one that, oh, yeah, the Fritz 460. That's a, another one I tried that's helping lower my nitrate in my tank. And it's super easy. You just pour it in the tank and turn off your skimmer for a few hours. And then in a matter of, you do this for like two or three weeks or yeah. whatever, you know, twice a month if you want. You know, I did it weekly. And two months later, my nitrates cut in half. It's like, wow, it worked. Yeah. But, you know, it was, it was a sneaky one. You didn't know it was happening because you didn't see it happening until you looked at your test. So it was kind of like it just quietly happened because it was building up this bacteria that I was lacking, yeah. and it came in this bottle. Now, I'll tell you this. I um, stopped, and my nitrates have gone up. So I have to clearly keep using that, and, but I have plenty of it here, so that's not a problem. Yeah. It's, again, just getting in the habit of doing things consistently is key. It, you, know, you know this. Reef tanks do best with stability. Yeah. And when you slack off on certain areas, you're going to have certain areas go go to pot. You know, you have to go fix it. Yeah, no, they're they're very dynamic in terms of what's going on there. They're they're living, breathing. Uh, you know, there's many many different organisms that can you know are, are part of a uh, reef tank. But there's just so many things, there's so many variables that are in play that like if you do stop yeah. doing a particular thing, then it um, it can kind of like happen quickly in terms of what uh, yeah. goes down with the uh, with the reef tank. So it's um, yeah, you know, there's um, there's just so many different uh, variables, and it just seems like it's it's more complicated these days, Mark. I don't know. Do you, do you feel the same way that uh, reef keeping is a lot more complicated these days because we have so many more options versus back uh, in the day when we didn't know anything <laughs> in terms of all these uh, <laughs> bacterias and this and that and the uh, the additives and the amino acids and all that stuff. It just seemed like you were um, you know kind of on autopilot, but now it's uh, I don't know, man. That's why you go to MACNA to learn these things because it's <laughs> education. But okay, not a, enough about that. Um, going back, your, your question, it is a valid question. You know, if um, I think what it is, I think people are getting caught up in the gear side of it. 
they're just obsessed. It's sort of like putting all the accessories on your car. Yeah. When you were a teenager, you did that. You you got lights on, you know, I mean, I don't know. Technology is completely different from what it was when we were kids. But, uh, you know, when you had your car, you wanted to add a spoiler. You wanted to add different rims. You wanted to add uh, different lights under the wheel wells. And, and people are still doing it to this day. Now they got spinning things on the hubcaps. And, you know, they they got lights when you open the door that actually puts the logo on the ground. And, <laughs> I mean, people are doing their reef tanks. They're making their whole tank look like a Neptune Systems tank. Or they're making their tank like a whole Hydros tank or a Coral View tank or yeah. a Reef Nutrition tank. I mean, they yeah. just find a brand they love. They go bonkers. They get all this gear. And it's all about the gear versus not the livestock. Yeah. And you're looking and their controller board's insanely awesome. But you're like, well, let's see the tank. Mm. You know, what's going on with the aquarium? What's going on with the fish? How long have you had these things? You know, have you had a fish for 5, 10, 15 years? You know, have you had what's your oldest coral, that kind of thing. Yeah. And when they're like, well, I've had this, you know, I had a crash. I lost everything. Uh, everything's three months old. I'm like, all right, but you have this magic gear. Why on earth did you have a crash? Yeah. You know, so I'm not <laughs> saying it's not possible to have a crash. Obviously it is. And things can go wrong. But I think people are getting caught up in the gear. And uh, uh, really what's the most, and this goes back to your earlier question about getting stuff from other companies. I have people that will say, hey, what do you think about this piece of equipment? I'm like, I don't know. So I go look it up. And I'm like, all right. And then I ask him, what's the problem in your tank? I'm like, well, there's nothing wrong. He's like, why do you need this piece of gear? I'm like, oh, well, I just, it's new. I'm like, I know it's new, but do you need it? Does it solve a problem for you? Yeah. And if it doesn't, why are you buying it and cramming it under the stand? So I think people get lost in the gear. They spend a lot of money on it. They they get matter of fact, there's that whole FOMO thing. Fear of missing out. Yeah. And they they want to have what other people have. So they're buying similar gear because, well, if it works for Refum, if it works for Milev, it's got to be what I need to have. Like, yes and no. There are certain things that you and I would not do a reef tank without. Yeah. But there's other things plugged into our tank that we kind of like, don't absolutely have to have, could survive without. But we use it because it makes our life a little bit easier. Yeah. And we like it and we, we show it. And that's okay. But in the end, boil it down to what does the tank need and expand from there. Yeah. And I think people just get distracted with all the, the bells and whistles instead of focusing on what's happening in the glass box. Cause that's where, that's what got us into it in the first place. Has that happened to you at all recently or the last few years where you kind of like got caught up in something, did a little experimenting or wanted to, um, you know, get something that was a kind of a, uh, the craze in terms of the equipment or trends and something. Hmm. That... I'm trying to, I, I mean, somebody might call me a liar and might say, no, it's not true. You said such and such. But I can't think of much of anything that, you know, was a crazy thing. I mean, my big fascination, like I always tell people to test your water. Tell them every week, yeah. test your water. I love the Smart Stir. It's a little $35 device. It has a magnetic bead in there. You put your drops and it just spins and mixes for you so you don't have to shake the vial. Mm. I love that. Mm. And it's great. And having the automatic, test, automatic testing with the Trident, it's swell, but it's a subscription model. You have it, but you got to keep feeding it reagents. Yeah. If you're using a Clarisy or one of those rollers, you got to keep buying the toilet paper forever. <laughs> I mean, it just became a new expense, but now you yeah. don't have to clean the filter sock. Yeah. So you kind of have to pick your battles of what you're willing to do. But I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of what I bought that I didn't need and got just swept up in. I can't think of anything, honestly. I Maybe I did, and somebody might you know, say, oh, yeah, you got this. And I'm like, yep, you're absolutely right. I forgot that. But I, I just kind of get the things I need. When I bought the Japanese pygmy angelfish, I was planning to put it in my reef. And it was a little, tiny, adorable, less-than-a-year-old fish. And uh, 
Eric Cohen said, are you sure you don't want to put that in a small tank with a piece of live rock and let it grow? And I was like, absolutely not. But then I was looking at my MP60 and I thought, hmm, that might just chew that fish up and spit it out (laughs) like that. And so I called the fish store back to supporting your local fish store. And actually, I walked in and I said, I'm a customer. I didn't want to get caught up in conversation and hang out and chat. I just went, I'm a customer. I want to buy a tank. What can you get me tomorrow that I can pick up? And he showed me a picture on your screen. says, I can get you this. And I said, I'll be back tomorrow. And I bought the tank. And I bought the sand from him, and I bought um, uh, a light. I got all the things from him. I spent two grand nice. <laughs> for my brand new fish. Yeah, and I set that tank up. That tank's been running now for over a year, and it's natural. And I ordered Live Rock. That I called the company in Florida. Said I need Live Rock. It was oh great. Tampa Bay said, Saltwater free. KP Aquatics. Huh? Uh, it was called Gulf Live Rock. Oh, okay. Com, I think is the name. Okay. Um, and so I called him up and said, I need live rock. And he goes, oh, we'll give it to you. I'm like, no, no, I'm not asking for free rock. I'm asking you to find me some beautiful pieces and put them in a box today and ship them today because I want them tomorrow. <laughs> and he was like, I'm at a game with my kid. Like, <laughs> you're supposed to be at work. And so he called me back when he got back from the game. He says, Mark, I've got these four rocks. This is all I got. And I said, how much are they? And I said, I'll take them. And he shipped them that day. And the next day I picked up my tank. I came home and there was my wow. rocks in front of the door and I immediately unpacked all my live rock covered in sponges and clams and cool stuff and starfish and things. And, uh, I, I love that little tank. It's a very simple tank, no sump, no skimmer, uh, no dosing. It's just literally a, a power head, a heater, an air stone and uh, AI prime. And uh, I do water changes on it occasionally. Do you do uh, so? You take established tank water from your 400 to um, now? Just do no. like just straight <laughs> I can't. up water changes. That water's too gross. <laughs> I can't do it to this poor fish. No, I give it brand new water. I mix it. You know, I use Fritz salt, and I you know I have a big container of it, and I just steal 10 gallons at a time until the container's empty. You know, basically, as I do the water change on the 27 gallon, and so I'll siphon the sand bed. Because that is the only filtration that tank gets is the water change. Yeah. And really, I'm only doing like once a month. So it's not even wow. It's not even frequent like some people. They're like daily automated. I'm like, oh, God. I don't and I'm do, just I, like, I, I'm I lucky to do it every six or eight weeks. I'm trying to be better and get to monthly, but I'm not doing well at that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the little tank. The big tank gets a water change someday. It's very rare. Oh, very, really? Very rare. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Very rare. I, I try to like, you know, I used to do like 10% weekly water changes for both of my systems, but now I'm like down to like 5% weekly water changes. I think, you know, if you're doing um, trace element dosing with ICP testing, then you don't have yeah. to lean as heavily on the, uh, on the water changes, which is, uh, which, right. which is, which is good. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of like one of the things that I've changed up in terms of my methods over the years. I mean, what about you? Mm-hmm. Have you uh, done anything else in, in terms of recently that, that you, um, it's kind of like new for you. I mean, besides the ICP testing, anything that um, you've you've changed up in terms of methodology? No, I'm still, I'm just the same guy I always am. Yeah. Clean your equipment, clean the glass, uh, make sure everything's running. I mean, that's all I ever do is look at those things. I'm I'm still bad about water change. I mean, literally, I should be changing water like like it's going out of style. Because mm-hmm. Fritz is my sponsor, and so <clears throat> I have unlimited salt, and yet I'm probably their their best sponsor because they don't have to give me any because I never use it. <laughs> I mean, I do, but I don't use it like they would expect. Because yeah. there's so many people out there like, I change 100 gallons a week. I'm like, oh, God, that's just effort. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's going to happen. You know, it, I will you know, do what I got to do. But I really do think my reef maybe gets a water change every eight to 12 weeks. 
Wow. I mean, it's really sporadic. Um, and then it's how much I change. 80 gallons, 90 gallons. I mean, the system's a 450. I'm not changing a lot of the water. I'm changing some. Uh, if I want to siphon the the uh, the sump clean, so I'm pulling out every drop and I'm refilling. But then I'm like, wow, I still got water left over, so I didn't change that much because you know I I don't have like a graduation mark. I'm not shooting for. I'm not doing the stuff that people do. I'm more about just feed the fish, clean the glass, feed the fish, clean the glass, make sure nothing's. This is funny. I'm in my living room. I'm watching TV yesterday, drinking my coffee, and I hear doink, doink. Doink. <laughs> Sounds like a drip. You know, I'm like, Uh-oh. a drip? What is that? <laughs> and I go into the fish room and nothing's dripping. But I still hear doink, doink, doink. I mean, it literally, it's got to be a drip, right? <laughs> and I look at my Versa pump. I've been talking about Versa pumps for a while now. And I'm looking at it and the sound is coming from that, that dosing pump that's just constantly turning. On the way they did the pump, they have a slide that slides. Do you use the Versa pump? Do you know no. what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I don't. Okay, it's Ecotech. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, I, um, yeah I know that. Yeah. So you slide the cover off, and then there's a, a tube that goes over three rollers. Yep. But then they have this plastic circle that you have to put in there that is like a spacer to keep the tubing where it belongs in the roller so yep. it won't come up the front. Yep. Well, that plastic circle was going like this against the door, going doink. Oh. <laughs> that was the sound like why are you making this sound you never make this sound so i pulled the cover off and i shoved the tubing and i push it and i shove it back down and put it back that's the kind of stuff i do with my tank just make sure it's operational yeah i'm not trying to reinvent the wheel or maintenance. i'm gonna go with a whole new type of return pump you know i just i keep using stuff forever maintenance so maintenance is key to your uh, protocol is what i'm gathering yeah, yeah. I, i'm really big on cleaning things i like yeah. things clean I, I like to take my vortex out, swap them out with clean ones, and you know soak the ones that are filthy. The wave, I'm sorry, not the wave, the um, the neuro pumps that are in my frag system and in Caitlin's reef, the 27 gallon. I like to take those apart and clean them every couple of weeks because I they are the flow in the tank. And um, the top piece that's on that 27 gallon is a solid piece of polycarbonate, and it gets like a film on the bottom which blocks the light. So I take that off and scrub it clean and put it back so the tank doesn't have a weird brown opaque look to it. You know it's it's important that everything is clean because uh, you can identify problems and you can catch things early. Well, I'll tell you, man, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm big on maintenance and I've got like this whole um, grid, like this maintenance grid, like, you know, in terms of like different weeks of the year when I'm supposed to be doing certain things, like every other week, um, you know, uh, do this and every week do this and uh, what have you. So the only thing that I don't have on that chart, which I just, finally eventually changed was to clean the recirculating pump in my saltwater mixing vat which is uh, yeah. typically a mag um nine pump and i never yeah. freaking clean that thing year in and year out yeah. and sure enough every year that thing craps out on me and i have to end up buying like a new yeah. freaking pump because i didn't do the maintenance on it and um you know what where did you buy it though did you buy it from a fish store or did you get it from amazon uh i believe amazon i didn't you know no fish stores near me so it's uh, amazon why well, different quality uh mag pumps you can buy well and- what i was going to tell you this happened to me so my calcium reactor from life reef uses a mag 5 or a mag 7 i think it's a mag 5 and <clears throat> the pump failed so i went to amazon to get one because i know that the fish store doesn't have it yeah and um when i went to the website it says oh you bought this before Mm. And I was like, really? Mm. And I was like, when did I buy it? Because <laughs> the mag pump comes with a five-year warranty. Really? So by seeing my mm. my uh, 
previous purchase date, I literally had a receipt that I could show and say, I need mean, now to be honest, I'm too lazy to actually proceed with the whole warranty thing. I just bought the pump to get it solved because yeah. I just need to get my yeah. cast reactor running. Yeah. But technically I could have got a free pump because of my receipt, because my history, because they have such a long warranty. So if you are burning through them that quickly, you should be watching your your receipt dates because you might get a free pump. That you, know, you know what? You, you learn something new every day, Mark. And uh, <laughs> I thank you for that because I'm going to make a mental yeah. note. But uh, yeah, hopefully that's not going to happen to me again. But I think that's just, yeah. you know, it, it's the maintenance is so is so critical and staying on top of that stuff. Yeah. I don't um, typically clean my uh, titanium heaters and I, um, you know, I've mm -hmm. had issues in terms of those um, longevity of those things as well. But um well, you're using caulkwasser. It's destroying everything. I don't use caulkwasser, so my <laughs> stuff doesn't break. <laughs> no, I know. I clean my my return pumps and all the pumps in the, in the sump like every three yeah. months. I do like a thorough uh, cleaning wow. and all that stuff. So it's uh, yeah. When yeah. that when that comes up on the uh, on the uh, on the uh, on the chart in terms of maintenance, I kind of like have yes. a big you know, big sigh because like ah oh, man, I don't want to like have to do all those yep. freaking return pump cleaning. Well, I'm crap. I'm glad you're doing maintenance. I mean that's important, and you're supposed to do those things. Um, I clean my return pump about once a year. I've got the Abyss, and it's actually really hard to clean. It's not hard to remove. It's really hard to like get the impeller out. Yeah. And I went to Macna. Go to Macna, y'all. <laughs> I went to Macna and I said to him. How do you get this impeller out? And he gets out two huge screwdrivers and he puts them in and he goes like this. I'm like, I never would have known to do that. And I mean, I went to the manual. I was trying air because I didn't want to break the impeller off of the titanium shaft. You know, I wanted yeah. to extract that it, but suck. it's a giant magnet. And he just went. Whoosh. I was like, I never would have in a million years done that because I was <laughs> sure I'd break it in half and then have no return pump, yeah. you know? Because no, no, it's super strong. Ten-year warranty. You're fine. I'm like, okay. Mm. Ten-year warranty is great except when it's down. Yeah. Then what do I yeah. do? Now I need a return pump this minute, not yeah. when you've resolved it in a week or ten days or two weeks or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, but no, good. I'm glad you're doing your maintenance. Yeah, you got to keep up the maintenance, man. That's important. Um, do you, do you, where do you put that information? Do you have it like on a whiteboard? Is it in your Apex? Where, where um, oh, in terms of when I need to do the maintenance? Literally, I've got like a spread. It's like a spreadsheet that I have, and then I print it out. And so I just have it in my um, in my uh, sump room. So it's... Uh, you should share that. You should stick it on your channel as a screenshot. I, uh, I think I've, I've, uh, I've blogged about that. So I do, um, nice. I do uh, have a, a screenshot of that. But it's a... Uh, yeah, yeah it, it's definitely saved me many, uh, many yeah. times. Because others will see that and think, I need to do that too. It's a good idea. Which folks. they should. It's a good idea because, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I can't remember in terms of like when things need to be done. I mean, there's no freaking way. It, 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 there's just too yeah. many things to keep track of in my, yeah. in my view. So um, when I'm mixing up a solution to clean pumps, like I use Pump Clean from CJ, and I will grab everything I have and put it in that solution. And I plug them all in. So I'll grab any pump I got and I drop it in Vortex, mm, uh, skimmers, nice. pumps, Water change pumps, anything I got that's a pump, I do that. And um, but certain ones you can't, like external pumps, they're a little bit more complicated to remove offline. How um, how often have you like done that and then forgot like uh, you know a little part that's like in the bottom of the bucket that you forgot to put back in the pump? How often have you done that? That's happened to me a no, couple of times. I'm panicked. I'm, I'm like, oh crap, I broke my pump. <laughs> and then I finally look at the pump. No, and I like, there's a that. part in there that needs to be in my pump. <laughs> But I did have something funny happen that, you know, we all learned, like you said, a thing to learn. You know, I used to use a big 33-gallon trash can. I'd fill it up with water, and I'd pour in a gallon of muriatic acid because I just wanted to clean it. And I would grab my 
Durso standpipes and drop them in. I'd grab the lock line and drop them in. I'd drop pumps in there. I mean, I was going to burn it all with acid. It was all covered in aptasia, and I was like, the the aptasia will die in this acid. I'm really happy with this. But I'm looking in there, and the aptasia are completely happy in this freshwater bath. I'm like, why are you alive? And what had happened was all the acid went to the bottom of the barrel, and it was like the very bottom strata of the barrel. All the rest of the water in the trash can was clear water. So the Durso didn't get clean. Nothing, you know, died on it like I wanted to. But all the lock line sitting in pure acid cracked to where the knuckles all fell apart. And I'd lost all my lock line. I was like, ah, and I had to go to the fish store and buy all new lock lines. So I had to, you know, make sure to stir it and mix it all up. And I think that's something that can happen. But I'm always making sure I'm finding all my parts when I'm done. I'm scrubbing everything. I, I really, like when I take a skimmer apart, I take it completely apart. I clean every screw. I cleaned a little bit of what looks like a hint of rust. I scraped that away too. So it won't be there the next time I have to take this yeah. apart. You know, that kind of stuff. I think, um, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's, that's a great, um, you know, uh, way to go about doing it. I think my, my, my one tip to people out there using five gallon buckets for that sort of thing in terms of cleaning pumps and having parts and all that stuff is don't use a black bucket for that purpose. Use, <laughs> use a white bucket or an orange bucket, yeah. like an orange Home Depot yeah. bucket so you can actually see, because I've done that with black buckets and that's what's screwed me in terms of like missing You parts. know what'd be neat is if someone would develop a plastic strainer that drops into a five gallon bucket mm. with a handle that you could like drop in there and do all, you throw your things in there and then you could like take the handle and lift it out of the acid bath and every piece would come up. There would be nothing in the bottom of the bucket. That'd be that cool. That would be cool. Um, Reefer Boy was asking if any of us, uh, you and I, are going to be at uh, Aquashella this weekend, and I and I said that you would be. Um, yes. It looks like uh, Reefer Boy is with Hannah, so he'd love to meet you. So he's asking if you could stop by the uh, the Hannah booth. That would. Uh, sure. That would be uh, that would be cool. So, dude, man, um, listen, I uh, I don't want to take any more of your uh, your time. Any any parting words? But there? there's more questions. You got to go for like three more <laughs> hours. You can't just end this. I can't keep up with your 24 hour man- marathons, there, dude. I mean, uh, you know, that's it's only once a year. It's only, it's only <laughs> once a year. <laughs> I guess my my question to you was: Is there any other uh, parting uh, words of wisdom? We've talked about how important it is for testing you know, the tank and, and, uh, we've been talking about maintenance. What else, Mark, would you, um, make in terms of recommendations? Well, you for should people? definitely go to MACNA. Yeah, right. <laughs> MACNA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. You know, there's lots of little tips that you can learn from these shows, you know, that people can benefit from, you know, and, and you say things, I say things like, you know, simple things like calibrating your measuring devices, mm. you know, calibrating your dosing pumps. So they're literally putting in the right amount of liquid, that you asked, if you want to put in a hundred milliliters, you should make sure it's actually putting in a hundred yeah. and it's not putting in 40 and then your tank's going to crap. And you're like, why is my tank going to crap? I'm putting in a hundred milliliters. I'm like, no, you're not. Cause you haven't calibrated that. You know, did you leave your fish food out on the counter overnight and you're still putting in the tank and the fish are getting sick and you're wondering why? Cause the food's bad. Yeah. You know I mean? These are the things we want to be careful. You know, if you're not going to eat it yourself, like if you left something out on the counter overnight that came out of your freezer, would you eat it? No. Be like, well, I don't want to waste this. Like, it's your fault. And you know what? You throw it away. You'll actually learn from that lesson. Yeah. You won't do it twice. You know. 
So I don't know. I mean, there's I have all kinds of little nuggets of wisdom that I try to share as much as possible, and they just pop in my head and they fall out as quick as I think of them. Uh, Santana Reef <laughs> mentioned Coral Magazine, so that's also a good uh, tip. Buy Coral Magazine. Yes, <laughs> yes, get a subscription to Coral Magazine. You should do that. That's important. It keeps it keeps everyone fed. All the people working on the magazine need to get paid. Yeah. So I mean, it's important that subscribers subscribe. The new, the new issue is dropping as we speak. Yeah, it's literally showing up in people's mailboxes now and going to the fish stores. So it's um, it's exciting. Why not? And then I'm working on the January-February issue now. Wow. So that's the um, question, uh, NSB Reese, when's Mark speaking? I'm going Sunday. I don't know. You don't know. Um, I don't know when I'm speaking. I don't know if it's Saturday or Sunday. I haven't looked at the schedule. But my presentation is on this iPad. So if you see me walking around, you know I'm about to give a talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually recording a podcast with Polo Reef on Friday evening. I'm going to ACI Aquaculture Friday day because I want to see their facility. I've only read about it in Coral. Oh, you've never seen uh, Chris's place? No, I haven't been to Chris's ah, place yet. That's awesome, man. You know, I'm, I'm going home Monday, so who knows? I might grab a box. Or I might say, these are things I want. Ship them to me on Monday, you know, and I'll get them on Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, technically, I could take them on the plane, but it's just – shipping simpler you know just not to think about it um, so I might end up, and i might want to bring them some corals too for their to restock some of their stuff they lost i just uh i just sent chris some uh some frags yeah so um it's it's always nice in terms of reefers code to be able to uh do a little uh swapping back and forth like that but i've, I've right. been there uh, a couple of times man it's like you're uh you're gonna you're gonna enjoy yourself it's a uh it is a treat to uh yeah to visit. no i'm looking forward there's a lot of places i've not been to in florida i've never been to worldwide corals yeah, me, everyone's gone i've never me gone either um i mean i went to disney world for the first time in my life because of mac and i whenever that was 2016 2017 whenever it was and i'd never been to it so that was a fun experience i went for three days to three of the different uh parks but uh, i usually go for the you know for the knowledge i go to mac to learn and uh if i get to do anything else on the side that's swell but I don't count on it. You know, <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm there for the event. I'm there to learn. I'm there to see my friends. All right. We've got a, uh, a random plumbing question from great bearded reef. Paul's asking, would you all use threaded gate valve and threaded unions versus slip and slip? I was thinking going threaded. So if I had to remove something, I won't have to buy those uh, fittings again. What do you think? Uh, for a bulkhead? Uh, it's, this is for a gate valve. Um, and unions, so not necessarily a bulkhead. I mean, yeah, but I wonder what he's putting it around. He's putting it around a pump, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know what? I I actually <laughs> my answer is both. I actually will buy one of each, and I will crisscross the parts, hmm. so half of it's slip and half of it's thread, hmm. and the threaded part can screw onto the pump, and then it's slip for the plumbing, and then I have the other half because I've crisscrossed them, and I can use it on the other end. And it's worked out. There's a lot of times where you actually need half thread half slip yeah so it's actually nice to have that plumbing you could really kind of get uh into the weeds there in terms of the uh, pvc plumbing and hard plumbing you know with yeah. sump to a yeah. uh, to a fish tank and i've uh, i've done some pretty wacky things over the years in, in, in that regard yeah. so there's um you know it, it gets pretty complicated and um okay so one more thing yeah. since we're talking about that uh the ball valve and he also mentioned unions right yeah um Unions are something you need to be able to unscrew one day. So I always tell people when you're putting it together, put silicone grease on the threads of the union. Mm. So that way when you have to loosen it, it will unscrew. Because if you don't put it on there, you're going to be 
struggling so hard. Yeah. So anytime you take apart a union, put silicone grease on it. If you've had it 10 years and you removed it, put a fresh batch on there. With uh, threaded fittings, especially in ball valves and unions, I like to use Teflon paste and Teflon tape. Yeah. I like to get a good seal. Yeah. And that way I don't have to worry about it. But you realize if you over tighten stuff, you can crack unions. You can crack yeah. ball valves because yeah. the threads are tapered. And so as you're going in, you're spreading the plastic harder and harder. And you're just like, I want it to be tight. I don't want it to drip. And you're like, and now you got to crack. Well, it's going to do a lot more than drip. So you want to have it snug. It's got to be a firm grip, but it shouldn't be put on with like whole cans. It should just be yeah, something you can unscrew one day. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of like learn the hard way in terms of, um, you know, I, I always used to use like just straight up unions whenever I, you know, wanted to have like a union in my, um, my plumbing, but, um, yeah. now I'm doing like the gated, um, uh, union. So, you know, when you've yeah. got the ball valve with the combo union, I know those are a lot pricier in terms of just yeah, like a, a basic, um, yeah. um, you know, schedule 40, PVC mm-hmm. union, but I, I think it's invaluable to, to be able to have that because um, you can replace that uh, gate valve if you need to. Yeah. It's, it's easier because yes. it's, it's threaded. But um, And I'm also a big proponent of the gate valves have an orange handle. Yes. They're, that brand is John Fisher, yeah. where the Home Depot one is red, the Lowe's one is blue. Oh, the Those are really hard they're, to turn. The wor- I've had to, yeah. I, I just spent a lot of um, hours uh, this past summer replacing yeah. all of my cheapo Home Depot red handled and blue handled, um, you know, white PVC ball valves, ball valves because they yeah. just stopped, yeah. uh, they, they, they froze up on yeah. me. Broke. But gate valves are another one of those ones where they matter, and you should keep them. There was a thing Sanjay said many years ago. He says you should exercise your ball valves, and you <laughs> yeah, actually should right. exercise your gate valves too. If yeah. you never adjust them, you should do it once in a while. Just totally crank them down, totally crank them open. Yes, it might break, but you've got to do it because the day you need to do it, if you can't budget, that's a problem. So and, you kind of have to and, and I, and let these things and work And I've got a bit. some of those in my systems that I know – are not coming apart. They're brittle. Yeah. <laughs> they're, not, yeah. they're not coming yeah, apart. Yeah. I would never. Yeah. Um, Great Beard Reef says one inch spears right now are $53. Yeah, you know, it's pricey. Yep. But um, it's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. and 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 plus, if they're like uh, slip and you screw up, that's a, uh, that's a pricey, uh, you know, mistake. But I, I, I never give up on those. I'll sit there and I will carve into that PVC to create a groove so I can pry out what's left so I can re-glue a new one because I don't want to throw it all away. I'm like, I just, here's a, I know there's here, probably a plumbing tool that will bore it out perfectly, but I don't here, own that here, tool. Here's a trick for you, man. Um, I put out a, a YouTube video years ago. It was like one of my first uh, mm-hmm. videos that I put out and it was basically how to um, save a, um, a PVC fitting, you know, like a, a union or a ball valve mm-hmm. or something like that's pricey. You know, let's say you screwed yeah. up um, it slipped, you glued it in and it was the wrong, um, thing that you glued in. You know, it, you had to like right. change it up. You had to cut it out. Right. And yeah. so if you cut that part out, that's glued in, you got to pretty much your, your, your tossing that, um, mm-hmm. that, um, gate valve or union, whatever it is. But, um, I saw somebody else do this on YouTube. Basically they took like one of those, um, steel hole saws that, um, uh-huh. fit inside of that PVC pipe that was inside of that uh yeah. um you know union or gate valve or whatever like that yeah. and you you pretty much what you do is you heat it with a blowtorch um pro, mm. uh, propane little uh, thing and you stick that red hot um, um hole saw into the pvc pipe it melts it yeah 
and then you just easily slip out the uh, the PVC. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Check out, I did a video on that years ago, and uh, it's probably like my oh, most popular video I've ever done because <laughs> it's not just reef keepers that have found it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's neat. I I might have to try that one but day. It uh, it saves it can save you a lot of bucks if you screw up with the plumbing on an expensive um, you know Spears yeah. uh, valve or or uh, Union or whatever like that. So wow, little, uh, little tricks neat. of the trade, little tricks of the trade. I like that. Um. Oh, this is a nice comment. Mitch uh, McClintock, excellent talk. If I can sum up Mr. Uh, Levinson up in one word, it's mentor. His enthusiasm for teaching new hobbyists is simply fantastic, and it's sound information. Mm. Thanks. Yeah, well, that was nice. that's, a, uh, that's a good note to end it on I, there, Mark. And uh, I guess I owe that guy a buck, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I want to commend you for actually oh, that really nice. wearing that uh, that squid hat for uh, for the entire live stream, man. That's you know, a... It's hot in here, man. <laughs> hotter, hotter than the uh, Markna. <laughs> I should, you know what? It's not that bad. But you know what? I could do. I could wear it while I walk my dog around the block next. You know, that would be. It's, it's Halloween. There no one would even judge me, and I get a blinking lights out there in the darkness. Do you get any uh, trick or treaters uh, knocking on the door? No. You know what? I have my doorbell turned off, so I don't know if anyone did try or not. No. But um, I wasn't here. There was no way I could answer it. To be honest, I don't like to share candy. I am, I'm a hoarder. It's mine. <laughs> I paid for it. It's mine, and it's my Halloween. And I get the big adult-sized candy bars, too, because, nice. you know, it's me. <laughs> nice. Well, all right, dude. Well, listen, Mark, I want to I thank you for, uh, for spending the time with us on, on uh, Halloween. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Always uh, learn yeah. a lot from you. Make sure you check out Mark's YouTube channel, Me Loves Reef, as well as Instagram and his website, MeLovesReef.com. Um, he makes a whole bunch of acrylic products, so check those out, including sumps, mm -hmm. overflow boxes, water reservoirs. You also sell other equipment. You sell Coral Magazine, um, Reef Labs ICP tests, I believe, right? <laughs> you got an awesome yep. section on yep. creature ID, so it's uh, well worth the uh, visit to the website. So that's going to do it, Thank folks, you. for the uh, for the show. I uh, also want to thank Bulk Reef Supply and Ecotech Marine for sponsoring the live stream. I also want to thank all you folks out there for tuning in and watching. A um, big thank you to Paul, who's the moderator, as well as the president of Boston Reefer Society. As we talked about, please join and support your local reefing clubs. They are so important yes. to this hobby. Also, want to let you know that all episodes of Rapid Reform are available as podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon. <clears throat> My next live stream will be next Tuesday, November 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Leo from Leonardo's Reef, direct from the Netherlands. That's going to be midnight for him. Um, should be another Ooh. great show. I also want to mention that we're doing a very special tribute live stream for Jake Adams on Tuesday, November 14th, 7 p.m. <clears throat> Eastern Standard Time. Scheduled guests include Chris Meckley, Matt Peterson, Vincent Chalius, Julian Sprung, Windsor Adams, perhaps Reef Adams as well, Mark Vanderwall, Chris Carney, Rob Moogie, Sanjay, Mike Paletta, Joe Capriata, and Luke Adams, who was Jake's brother. So should be a, uh, a great tribute live stream. If you want to check out the full upcoming schedule of guests, visit reefbum.com under the YouTube section. So until next time, be safe and be well, and later. Bye, guys.